Welcome to Unquenchable Love with Brian Francis Hume. Each week, Brian will present a Christ-centered teaching to increase your passion for the Godhead. It is our hope that this podcast will be a burning lamp that leads you on a path to encounter God's unquenchable love for you. And now our host, Brian Francis Hume. Many people, because they had heard he had performed this sign. And, and I thought about our own history in the vineyard. And, you know, a few weeks ago, you all know we were in England and we took part of that. And I think it was Elsie who said how wonderful it was to see the fruition of what God had done. But, you know, it was because we went there, you know, uh, I wasn't there. I shouldn't say it like that. But John took a team. Bob was there, took a team. And God showed up. And because God showed up, it spread across that whole island. Now, granted, it's not big, but, but the word spread. And the word is still spreading today. The word is still spreading today about how a, a man named John Wimber and 20 young kids show up, you know, that don't have shoes, that don't have, that had long hair. You know, I remember Glenn told me like he was just dressed in scrubs, you know, and it's like they show up and God does this wonderful thing. And still today we talk about it. It's 45 years later. It's 45 years later. Absolutely. It's a good thing, right? It's an absolute good thing. And I think that we just need to remember our story. I think we need to remember our story. And don't be embarrassed to tell your story. Because we really do need this thing to begin to spread again. And, and, and I'm sure, like I wasn't there in the beginning, but certainly, uh, you know, when Mother's Day and, and uh, Lonnie and all that happened, the word spread. Because they were constantly on the move because the church kept doubling every week. And it kept doubling. And it didn't double because, you know, uh, there was a bright, shiny young pastor on the, on the thing. No, there was, a, there was a pastor who was obedient to Jesus. And, and, and he, he, let a, he let a guy preach that probably most people wouldn't let preach in their church. And the Holy Spirit showed up and made a mess. And, and he didn't run from that mess. He embraced that mess. And, and in embracing that mess, we're here today. We're here today. Uh, Sam and Brooke are at Bernardo Yorba Middle School today. Uh, Bob and Penny and Damien and Marty, they're in Power Plus today. And as much as the enemy has tried to break us apart and break us up, you know what? I, I, I think he got the short end of the stick. I, I, I do, and I don't say that like facetiously or with even disrespect to who the enemy is. I say that because I think he got the short end of the stick in this deal. You know, uh, we we are better we are better for it today. We are better for it. I I know personally I am better for what happened at Anaheim Vineyard, now the dwelling place. I am a better person for it. I would never be here today had Alan not been who Alan was. And so I hold no grudge against him. Uh, you know, do, would I like to see whatever back to us that belongs to us? Absolutely. But I promise you in my heart, I stand up here today, and I have no angst with that guy because I am thankful for what God is doing in your Belinda. 
I am thankful for what God is doing in your Belinda today. I, I, I love each, I, as much as I love us and our church and what God is doing in us, I love Sam and Brooke. I love what God's doing in their church today. I love Damien and Marnie, and I love what God's doing in their church. And I wouldn't trade it for a building or $10 million. I wouldn't trade this, what's happening. I really wouldn't. I, I, I want you to know that this, this is a gift from God, at least to me. Now, you might not all feel that same way, but, but, but I feel that way about you, and I really do. And with all that said, I want to call up my friend Brian because I think he's a gift from God, and I think he has a gift for us. Welcome, my friend Brian. What an honor to be here. We're just continuing to allow the Holy Spirit to seamlessly flow in this moment. So appreciate David's heart. Just absolutely loved him. As he indicated, we're like best friends now, though we just met a few minutes ago. We're just that, uh, just that instant connection. And so, uh, so grateful to be here. I just want to take a few minutes. I, I told him uh, if I could have 12 minutes. And so uh, I just want to unpack some things here to Father put on my heart. You know, it really is remarkable. When I say remarkable, it's really the orchestration of the Lord that I'm standing here this morning before you guys. I mean, it's an honor, but it's the working of the Lord. And so when my family and I flew out here from Northern Virginia on June 7, just a few days ago, we, we came to an understanding a few weeks back that, that we had booked our flight on the very day of the, the of a 10-year anniversary of a prophetic dream I had from the Lord regarding a place called Yorba Linda. Now, in this dream, now, I'd been to California, but I did not, uh, I, mean, I was not familiar with Yorba Linda. And so, in this dream, I'm in a call center. And, and you know how dreams are? They're sometimes not quite uh, understandable in terms of the details. And I'm going to spare you guys the details because those of us that are prophetic dreamers, we love to share the details. But I'm going to have a little mercy here and just try to really just go into uh, what I feel like the Lord wants to highlight. But in this dream, I'm standing in the call center. It's in Yorba, California. Now, keep, now take note. In the dream, it was called Yorba, California. And uh, I was in a call center. And a woman came up to me and hands me a greeting card that had been torn in half. And so I saw on one side it had personalized writing on it. But when I flipped it over, I saw in big, bold print, May 14th. And I knew that that card had to do something with somebody named Linda. And so that was the dream. And, you know, oftentimes... When you receive a dream from the Lord, it doesn't always make sense. And so you have to, uh, Proverbs 25, verse 2, says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to what? Search out a matter. So the Father loves to give us prophetic dreams to invite us to a place to seek Him as to what the dream means. And so I begin to seek the Lord on this, and I discover something about May 14th that happened here in Yorba Linda, California. Now, the, some of the old-timers are thinking, I know exactly where you're going with this. 1980, Mother's Day. And so I just begin to, I'm, I'm a, I mean, i got to be honest with you, I'm a revivalist at heart. When I discovered May 14th, 1980, the Mother's Day service that happened here in Yorba Linda, where a pastor by the name of John Wimber of Calvary Church invited in a guy named Lonnie Frisbee, it 
something broke out in that service. I mean, you can, it's documented. And so I was just stunned by the Lord when I came across that storyline. And so, so what happened then is uh, in 19, I'm sorry, in 2019, uh, the Lord sent me to Yorba Linda, specifically on a three-day assignment uh, right to right there in May to be here on the soil of Yorba Linda on May 14, 2019. And I just stayed at some local hotel and, and, and just had a moment because in the dream, there were things that were cut in half. There were things that were torn. And I immediately thought of Genesis chapter 15, when a man named Abram cut covenant with Yahweh. And and the and Yahweh put him deep asleep once the, the, the animal sacrifice had been prepared and the burning lamp went through. God cut covenant with Abram. And God is so faithful. And he he's the one that sealed the deal, if you will, through those uh, carcasses on the ground. And so so this uh, moment in Yorba Linda was simply crying out to God in a place of surrender, just asking God, God, do something again in the generation, right here in your Linda. God, I come before you. Just said you did something on May 14, 1980. I ask you by your spirit to just allow me to covenant with you that you would move mightily in this generation. And so that was uh, the June 7, 2013 dream. But then uh, when my wife and I, realized that we had booked our flight on June 7, 2023, 10 years to the day. I knew that was the Lord. I'm a prophetic dreamer. I have a history with dream where you know, I dream about people and things happen on that date years later. It's just the way it is. And so, and so I just knew that we had stepped into a moment. And, and, and when I wake up in the morning, every morning, I, it takes me sometimes an hour to write all my dreams before the Lord. And so sometimes you know, you got to get it out as fast as you can because you're going to forget it. And so, and so I, I forget a lot of the dream, but I have it saved on, uh, on my computer. And so I w- somehow stumbled across a dream I had on just this past uh, March 28th, 2023. And in this dream, I'm with a precious woman that I got to meet this morning named Carol Wimber. And she hands me, where I'm in Southern California, we're in a room, there's lots of tables and there's ministry leaders and pastors and everybody walking on, and I'm talking with Carol, and she gives me a stack of three bit different business cards, there were roughly about 12 in each stack, and they were all from John Wember regarding specific churches in the early days of Vineyard that were very important to him. And, and when you looked at the business cards, you know, they were kind of faded, you know, and you have something a little, been around for a few decades, got a little faded. And so, but I knew as Carol handed to them to me in the dream, that these three card, whatever they represented were really, really important. And so, uh, and so as she hand them to me, uh, you know, she, she goes along her way, and then I see John Wimber walking around the room. And I knew when I saw him, I was the only one able to see him. It was like he was in the cloud of witnesses, and, and the Lord just allowed him to be in that moment. So he's going table by table, examining the table. The table represented the different churches and ministries, specifically here in Southern California, and I believe in your but Linda. And so, and so at the tail end of that dream, as I'm just observing John, I never spoke to him. But as I'm just observing him, suddenly I see this uh, th- this pastor walk by, this 
older gentleman who, who, who actually strikes me as, uh, as Dave over here, but, uh, but in the dream that reminded me of my, uh, my high school, my favorite high school football coach when I played football. He was our offensive coordinator, Coach Reigns. And, you know, in football, they, they, go, they, they pat you on the butt. And that's just normal. That's nothing, you know, just how, what the coach, you know, go get him. And that's how, what Coach Reigns would go, go get him, boy. And so uh, he pat me on the butt, on the bat, bam. He's like, go get him. And so that was the end of the dream. And so this morning, I just want to take a few minutes. I have uh, five minutes left here. And then I'm just going to prophesy. There are three specific things I want to prophesy in terms of individuals as we wrap it up. But I believe the Lord this morning wants me to take you back to a moment. Uh, December 14, or December 19, 2014. I walk into an office of a man named David Brashaw, the founder of Awaken the Dawn in the east, on the East Coast. And when I walked into his office, I, I gently laid on the table $444. And then David would say later, whenever somebody comes walking into your office and lays down $444, you know it's a good day. And so I looked at him, and I just began to prophesy the word of the Lord over him. And I said, David, in 444 days from now, God's going to thrust you into a national assignment from the Lord. And it's going to have a, a dramatic impact uh, on this nation. And God's going to speak through you and your, uh, your, 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 your fellowship through the number 444. And so long story short, uh, by God's grace and mercy, that word came to pass. God thrust him forth on the National Mall 2017. All 50 states converged there. They had 50 tents set up for three days of unceasing adoration of the Son of God. And all 50 tents with all 50 states represented there on that premise there in the Washington, D.C. And, and they were just a beautiful moment. But actually... What is stunning was for me personally, in terms of, could, you know, everybody wants to know, what does 444 represent? And they looked at, uh, the Lord, Lord led them to Ezekiel 44.4, about the, the glory of God filling the temple. And, and that gets really exciting. You're like, yes, we want the glory. We want the glory of God to fill the temple. But there came a moment on April 4th that, that the Lord stunned me, because I believe that moment reflected what that call represents and i'm going to tie it into the yorba linda dream here so bear with me i've got three minutes and so so in so on april 4th 2015 107 days i believe after that word given to david brashaw i picked up my phone and the first thing that came up was my facebook newsfeed, and i saw a post that david brashaw had put on there I thought, oh, this is good. So I liked it. But when I liked it, I noticed that at that very moment, I was the, uh, the 44th person to like it. But then I noticed that there were four comments that had been made on it. Then I noticed he had posted it at 4.44 p.m. on 4.4. I thought, oh, man, Lord, I think you're saying something here, too, or you're trying to get our attention. It's not just about the numbers. It's not just like, oh, wow, you know, get a little... You know, goosebump or two. No, it's about what is the Father saying through that prophetic moment. And so, do you want to hear what David wrote on that post? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I have. I, you guys are a good crowd. I, I like the. I like these people here, Dave. <laughs> 
I want you to hear this, because this is what I believe the Father is saying to us even this morning. But David wrote on that post, said, one of life's greatest challenges is this, to live a life with an unoffendable heart. Let me say it one more time. One One of life's greatest challenges is this, to live a life with an unoffendable heart. I'm telling you, I believe in the grace of God. When we cultivate an unoffendable heart before the Lord, God loves to bestow his glory upon those people. It's really much more simpler than we realize. And I I believe that in this particular uh, dream that I had with the combination with the the Yorba Linda and then the second follow-up dream with Carol and John, I believe that at the very end, the offensive coordinator smacked me on the butt and said, go get them. And I believe that represents a picture of you and I and the grace of God going after any offense within our soul so that we possess before the Father an unoffendable heart. You know, where, where offense is permitted or even if they're just a slither of offense within our soul, when I'm speaking of soul, I'm talking about your mind, your emotion, and your will. But where there's a slither of offense, that gives permission for the enemy to have illegal access within our lives. That's why it's so important that you and I, we shut that door. And so I believe here this morning, the Lord just wants to invite you and I into a place Fresh surrender unto the Father, where there might be some offense you're carrying within your heart. And you, you're saying, man, I cannot get rid of things. It keeps, keeps getting provoked. Father, have mercy on me. Help me. And that's actually, he wants us to come to that posture of heart where we realize we can't do it. I appreciate Dave's heart. He said multiple times up here that, you know, he can't do it in his own strength. But you and I today, we have to come to this place of surrender before the Father. And I believe that's a key part, kind of the, the beginning point of the unfolding of this storyline that God has, has worked through with these different dreams here regarding Yorba Linda. And so I just want to close with a verse and goes back to Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. In fact, it's the very first prophecy recorded in all of Scripture. And let me read it here from Genesis. Actually, it would be good if I was actually in Genesis 3, starting verse 14. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than any livestock and more than any wild animal. You will move on your belly and eat dust all the days of your life. Verse 15, I will put hostility between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. First of all, let's just look back at verse 14, where God tells Satan that he will eat, he will crawl on his belly and eat dust all the days of his life. Again, this is God prophesying to the serpent. And I love what, uh, and I can't take credit for this particular insight, but from Francis Frangipane, the three battlegrounds, where he specifically uh, relate this particular 
passage where God commands the enemy to eat the dust of the ground, he in his book talks about how we were formed from the dust of the ground, Genesis 2, 7, and fashioned. And that, uh, and that in this context here, he believed that that dust speaks of this fallen carnal nature. So any area of our lives where carnality could potentially exist within our soul, that gives invitation for the enemy to come in. And so likewise, we talk about offense. If there's, a, there's any sort of offense within our soul, that gives legal access to the enemy to have uh, a, a feasting party. And so, but yet in this context, in this verse, as we keep reading on through the prophecy, we see then uh, at, the, at the tail end, we see that he, speaking of the Christ child, God prophesied that, that he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. And so, so the good news is this, that Jesus... And, and a better translation for that verse, actually, it's not the word strike. In that, Actually, the better word for speaking of Jesus striking the head of the serpent, actually, the better word is crush the head of the serpent. When you apply the power of the blood of Christ over your life and in any area of previous offense, oh, my goodness, you crush. You crush the work of darkness. You crush that which one ha- that that which once freely slithered about. You say no more in the grace of God. No more offense will be permitted in my soul. And you have authority once you, by faith, receive the blood of Christ. I love First John one nine. If we confess our sins, He is faithful to what to forgive us of our sins. But it doesn't stop there. It gets even better. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Man, there is power in that, in the power of the blood of Christ when we, by faith, appropriate it to any area where offense slithers within the soul. There is power in the blood. You crush the work of darkness in that moment. Can I get an amen? And so, so this, I mean, the gospel is joyful. The gospel is powerful. It's life-changing. And so this morning, I have gone over my time. Man, thank you, Dave. Mercy, mercy, mercy. But I just felt like I had to hammer that word because the Lord just smacked me on the butt and said, go get him, boy. <laughs> and, I, and, and, and trust me, we have all, trust me, we have all been in a place where there's been offense in our hearts. And we've all been there. It's like, oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Help me. But it's actually the very place we need to be. When we recognize we can't, like, just pull it out. We, ha- we need the, in the place of mercy, we need to humble ourselves under his mighty hand. And then cry out to him in that beautiful place of surrender. And it's like, man, the Lord just enables us supernaturally, bam, to appropriate that blood over that, that, that little slither within the soul and you negate that access point from that point on. And God just begins to heal and cleanse the soul. Amen. So Father, thank you for this moment. And Father, thank you for a precious, uh, a precious group right here, Father. This, this fellowship, Father, we right now together collectively, we, uh, we just set our hearts before you right now. And we say, Father, show us any way, any offense, O oh God, within our soul that you want to address. 
Father, show us anything within, oh God, that we've permitted, even just a little slither. God, we ask you right now, by the Spirit of God, to bring forth the revelation of the blood of the Lamb, to bring that cleansing, Father, by your Spirit. Thank you, Father, for that power of the revelation of the blood of Christ being released right now in this moment. Thank you, Father. We're going to linger right here for a moment. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Each person right now, just appropriate the blood of Christ. There's anything the Holy Spirit is showcasing right now. You just take it before the Father. You just bring it before the cross. Thank you, Father. In your weakness, just come joyfully and receive the power of the blood as you confess that offense and receive his cleansing power right now. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to prophesy real quick over three individuals, and then we're going to uh, uh, to bring a close, however Dave wants to, to bring it to a close. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, I, I'm legally blind, so it's such a so hard for me to see, but there was somebody, uh, my wife, where are you? There you are. I was sitting there, and there was somebody, um, there was a gentleman in the back with, a mustache earlier. I saw I was closer. I could see, and I, now I can't see from here. There was somebody right in that back area there, the mustache, maybe a, a gentleman. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Let me, uh, let me. Oh, there, right there. Yes, good gentleman. Can you, no, you, you just turn around. You just turn around. Yeah, can you stand up right there? Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the shirt there, uh, I, I just can't see good enough. I, I, th- I think you have glasses on. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, this morning in my time of prayer, the Lord specifically showed me there can be somebody in that direction. And so when I turned around, I saw you. I mean, that's the man. But I felt like the Lord, even this message this morning, is actually quite applicable for you. But I heard the word this morning, wallop. W-A-L-L-O-P. There's a grace on your life to wallop the devil's butt. And specifically in a place of suicide. God's going to use you supernaturally in the grace of God to touch lives that are on the verge of suicide. I don't know why he's highlighting this for you this morning, but you're about to step into a season where God is going to bring a divine orchestration of individuals into your life that are on the verge of taking their own lives. And God's going to use you to wallop the devil's butt and not to allow them in their place of despair to take their own lives. I know that sounds intense and it is intense but but the lord has called you uniquely there's a pastoral grace in your heart that the father has unlocked and there's some things that are going to come forth out of that in the days ahead but i'm telling you i want you to come to agreement with the father's heart concerning how he's going to divinely orchestrate you as one who's called to divine intervention and that's going to, you're going to find yourself in just key moments key places and in essence you're going to be at the right place at the right time and we just, we, just, we just celebrate the gift that you are this morning. We celebrate the gift that you are to those whose lives are on the verge of despair. And God's going to use you powerfully in those moments. So, Father, we just ask you to strengthen our precious brother. God, we ask that you would cause faith to rise up in his heart, even in the secret place. God, he would... Uh, God, he would just sense this invitation from you, Father, from your heart to his heart. And that, Lord, that 1 John 3, 8, Father, would be 
etched upon the very tablet of his own soul that the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And I just thank you even today, Father, there is a fresh zeal from heaven being released over this man in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Bless you, sir. Bless you. Thank you, Father. Um, I got two more. Dave, are we doing okay? Okay. Um, thank you, Father. You know, what's interesting was sometimes when I go to a specific house, I, it's like the Lord uh, gives me letters, uh, you know, where it's like, a, you know, an elementary school teacher said, okay, this week we're focusing on the letter W. And so it just felt like there was like this W thing that was happening. That's why the Lord just, at, at, at the time I wouldn't re- realize in terms of wallop, but the next word is, uh, it might be a handful that respond to this, but it's the word was waiting. And the way I saw, saw it, it was actually in a dream last night, but there were specific uh, individuals here who, who have been waiting specifically since 2009. That's going to be a key year for those that could obviously, you know, in a room full of people like this, we've been waiting for a lot of things. But, but there's something specific, I believe it pertains to employment, maybe in the tech industry. But there was something in 2009, was like a door closed on you. And the Lord said he's about to reopen that door. And, and there's something that in 2009, it was like uh, your identity was not firmly established as a son or daughter of the Lord. And God had to do some maturing in you. And, and now you're at a place where you have the, the way the Lord showed me what, the proper attire to be able to walk through the door that he opens for you. But if somebody here specifically, you would say, you know what? There was a door in 2009 that closed that I, that I, I uh, it tr- tried to get my foot in the door in terms of a, a job or employment type things. Or anybody here like that just really registers with you. I have trouble seeing. Annette, do I have anybody? Actually, actually oh, there's a lady right Yeah, a lady, right? Right there. Okay. 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 Great. Great. Um, thank you, Father. So, Father, we just thank you for. Uh, thank you, Father. You know, when you stood up, I just I immediately uh, just saw Rosa Park, and I felt like you're a woman that's called to sit in your place of authority, and God's teaching you. Because I believe wasn't it Rosa Park that? Uh, am I getting the name mixed up? The, the African American. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I, I just feel like there's a place that you're going to find your authority and in in, in where you are already seated in heavenly places. And God, in that revelation, is bringing it forth afresh this morning. That it's not what you have to do. It's who you are. It's who you are out of your being as a daughter of the Lord. And so we just declare over you this day that the Father himself is opening the door. He's opening the door because he has bestowed his pleasure in you as his beloved daughter. And so you walk through the door this day, not because of what you have to do, but because of who you are in the father's love as a beloved daughter of the king. So, Father, thank you for this precious woman. God, we thank you even for uh, just bringing, um, just even insight into the Rosa Parks storyline that would help give her confidence in what you're speaking, Father, even through her 
weak yes unto you this moment. So, Father, we thank you that door was closed in 2009, that you are reopening that door in 2023. 14 years later. So, Father, we delight in your goodness toward this precious one, and we thank you. We thank you, Father, for all that will come forth in Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen. Amen. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Um, Oh, man. The Father is so good, isn't he? Oh, so precious. He's so kind to us. So gentle. Uh, there was one more thing, actually. I remembered from this morning, my prayer time, the gentleman, I, I can't see you now, but I know you're back there somewhere. Uh, but there's a scripture verse I felt like was really important for you. I believe it's from Psalm 36. I should have looked it up, but it talks about pleasures forevermore. But that little phrase is really important for you because that's the revelation God has called you to walk in. And it's going to ooze out of you when you encounter these individuals that are in place of despair. But the pleasures forevermore. Amen. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And the last word I have. So we did. We went from the wallop to the waiting. And now is a word uh, that I heard was withering hand. But Pastor Dave, it's for you. And I, and I felt this morning we were driving here. I asked my girls, I said, girls, look up uh, on my phone here. The, the passage when Jesus told uh, the, the gentleman to, to, to extend out his withered hand. And, and that, that, that God would bring healing to the withered hand. But I feel like in the season that you're in right now, it's like you're bringing healing to the withered hand. And there's something that, you know, when your hand withered, you can't quite seize the moment, if that makes sense, prophetically. And I feel like you're, 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 you're one who God has raised up in this moment to, to bring healing so the withered hand can be healed in order to seize their divine moment in the grace of God. And so we commend you in the grace of God, David, for what the Father is doing in you and through you. For you're called by God to be one who, who brings healing to the withered hands. Because otherwise, others cannot seize their divine moments. But there's a grace on your life just for who you are when you minister out of the Papa's love. It, it brings healing to the hand. It enables others to seize their divine moments. That's a part of your DNA. That's a part of your calling. And it was almost like I begin to see, it was almost like if, if you submitted your, your DNA sample to Ancestry.com and they sent you back the report, your, your DNA strand would read like this. Are you ready? Faith, hope, love. Faith, hope, love. Faith, hope, love. Faith, hope, love. That is your DNA construct before the Lord. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of all is what? Love. And that's what, that's been the essence of your heart before the Lord. Even you heard one time the story of Bob Jones when he stood before the Lord in his death. And the Lord asked him one question. Did you learn to love? And I believe even when you heard that story, something like your ears perked up. And that was the cry of your heart. And the Father's pleased to say this day, son, you have learned to love. And that's why I've entrusted this house to you. Can I give you a hug? (laughs) This has been Unquenchable Love with Brian Francis Hume. Join us each week as we pursue God's heart for passion, 
purity, and prayer.